So it is Sunday night before the first day of school. Saturday night, we're going to say, is the was the sorting ceremony. So you went through a whole day of Sunday, just kind of, again, going through some orientation things. And then Sunday night, you are uh, in your respective common rooms and your heads of houses are giving you little lectures. So we'll start with the Slytherin common room where Gemma Farley, who introduces herself as Professor Farley, who is your potions professor and deputy headmistress. She, you, you see that she looks at you all and says, Hello all, and welcome to another or perhaps your first year at Hogwarts. My name, as you know, is Professor Farley, and I am your head of house. If there is anything you need, any questions you have, you can come to me or to any of your prefects. On the subject of prefects, there are two per house. Student leaders meant to look after those in their house and beyond and to assist in maintaining rules and safety precautions among the student body. Your prefects this year are... And who are they? <laughs> Hold on. I, I, I wrote it down. <laughs> One of them is Tom Riddle Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, are Thomas Hearth II and Ginny Dursley. Uh, and you turn and see Thomas Hearth II, a, an older teenage uh, human boy who seems just very proud and, and boastful. And Ginny Dursley, uh, a, uh, again, teenage girl, uh, looks kind of quiet and just sort of gives a, a stern nod. And then Professor Farley continues... A few notes about your life here in Slytherin House. You will have all of your classes with the others in your year in this house, as well as those in, other in another house, to ensure you have a chance not only to bond with your fellow housemates, but also with students in the other three houses. The House Cup has been disbanded, though the Quidditch Cup remains. As a result, there is no longer an arbitrary point system to pit houses against each other. Only sports to elicit friendly competition. If you came expecting a point system, I hope that instead you will find great friendship across all of the other houses. That does not mean we have disbanded house pride, however. To be chosen for Slytherin House means that you belong here. You each have untapped potential, a leader's ambition, and the intelligence to achieve whatever greatness you wish through whatever means are necessary. Slytherins have the ability to be brave enough to make the difficult decisions in the wisest way. And despite the mistakes of our past, we are here and better for each failure we have undergone. We are a lesson to everyone that anyone can change and that everyone has good inside of them. Remember that and know that you belong here. Well, now that that is out of the way, a few logistics before I send you off to bed. First of all, I trust you all received your schedules for the fall semester, either at orientation, if you are a first year, or at breakfast this morning. Please take time to review those and let me or your prefects know if you have any questions about where your classes are for tomorrow. Passing periods are 10 minutes, and after this week, your professors will expect punctuality. Next on the subject of extracurriculars, Quidditch tryouts are open to all students starting this Friday after dinner on the pitch. First years are allowed due to the new safety precautions put into place. In the afternoon, 
After class and before dinner, there will be a number of clubs and teams for other sports meeting and holding tryouts as well. Please see the list on the bulletin boards for more information. Finally, if you have any special abilities that require extra training and would like to discuss scheduling that training, please see me after this. Good night all and good luck this year. Cody, you hear a very similar speech from your head of house, except instead of the Slytherin bit, she introduces herself as Professor Abbott, Hannah Abbott, who is also your history professor. Uh, you would know from glancing down at your schedule. She, so she introduces herself and she introduces your prefects. I'm guessing the Hogwarts schedule makes the mistake of giving Cody access to the first name of all of his teachers. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. It's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, so the two Hufflepuff prefects are Oliver Wood Jr., who is a teenage, uh, sort of lean, tall guy, uh, looks like an athlete. And the other prefect is named Olive Oakwood, uh, who just seems like she's very much like down to business, very academic, um, glasses, the, the whole nine yards. When she gets to the section about that was about Slytherin, Professor Abbott says, That does not mean we have disbanded house pride. To be chosen for Hufflepuff house means that you belong here. You each have untapped potential, a head full of curiosity and a heart full of love. You are naturally loyal and friendly, even during times where it seems as though friendship, connection is an impossibility. That is where your strength lies. Know that if you have been chosen for this house, it is because you belong here. Hufflepuff is often seen as the underdog house in the same way that love is often seen as weakness. And yet, time and time again, we prove to be some of the strongest magicians and greatest houses. Be proud of where you sit now and who you sit with. You are a Hufflepuff. Um, Cody, Cody, much like Kellen, like, just, like, knows that he's going to have to really, you know, like, endeavor to remember the difference between Olive Oakwood and Oliver Wood Jr. He's really, he's like, <laughs> he's like, like okay, we're going to get it. All right, we're going to get it. God, I hope I get it. I hope that I is. It. I hope I get it. Damn it! Did I let you guys know that I'm a theater major? Uh, I'm a film major. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Uh, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Andrew, you got anything to add? Yeah, I'm. I'm a finance major. Dogecoin, GME to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed he's wearing two hats now. No, <laughs> no, he's not. Yes, he is. Does her? Yeah, that's. Uh, he's got a baseball cap. You're seeing shits. You're definitely seeing things. <laughs> well, he has to keep the sun no. out of his eyes. So. Oh, and now he's oh, gaslighting but us. But what's this? Wait, no, Rachel has a hat too. What the fuck is... I don't have any fucking hats. That's not a hat. It's not a hat. It, those are ears, Kellen. Not a hat. Yeah. Fuck you. Stop gaslighting. <laughs> no, wait. In all forms except physical, I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, about to go play some Harry Potter D&D with the fellas. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm done looking for a hat. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I think I interrupted. Uh, what's is there in the speech? <laughs> no, no, no. That's the end of the speech. Uh, you see that Olive and Oliver both um are standing around, just like waiting for first years to come up and ask questions. Many of them are too shy to do so, but um, 
you are welcome to if you have any questions about any of the extracurriculars or anything but i've got a quick thing i want to say to um uh one of them i guess uh sure. oliver yeah i mean they're standing together so you can just talk to both of them yeah hey excuse me um i, I was curious about um that game that i see people playing on the broom with the uh Ah, yes. Uh, Quidditch. Yes. So I'm actually, it's it's funny that you come up to me uh, because I am the Quidditch captain, the or the, the, the team captain for House Hufflepuff. And you see at this point, Olive like rolls her eyes and is like, and like whispers something to Oliver and like walks away. Um, and he just sort of chuckles and moves on and is like, tryouts are on Friday. Um, uh... And if you need any help with anything, then, you know, uh, obviously the, the tryouts, they don't involve you just immediately hopping on a broom and flying because that wouldn't be fair to, to those who've never been on a broom before. Um, oh, no, yeah, it's definitely not what I was wanting to do. But yeah, feel free to come and, and try out. We'd love to have you. We're oh, always yeah. looking for new players on the on the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I just got like one quick question about Quidditch. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we... How do you play it? <laughs> we can okay. We can move on. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to. That's end good. That's that good. We, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good button. So you you all go to sleep that night and wake up on your first day of school. Yay! Um, oh. You go to the great hall for breakfast. You're sitting at your tables your respective tables your hufflepuff and slytherin tables where are you all seated where, where do you think you would be closer farther from like the professor's table like trying to sit around people certain people or hebos for sure is at the very back corner of the slytherin table just trying to be as far away from everybody as possible shoveling eggs into his mouth <laughs> i think Eloise is probably towards the middle, although she's like, she's pretty well established in the magical community. So does she recognize anybody at the table? That's a good question. Uh, why don't you roll me a history check? Yeah, so with a 15 on your history, you actually do recognize there is a centaur. You would recognize this to be Cassian Barrows. Cassian Cass Barrows, uh, who you you did go to some things. He wasn't his family's not like Hufflepuff lineage, so you're not like super familiar. But he did do um, dressage, uh, but instead of doing like with doing like hippogriff dressage, he would just like do it as himself. Um, you definitely ran in like the same circles. And, and he's sitting relatively close, a little bit closer to the mm -hmm. back. Also, seems to be trying to not draw attention to himself. Um, unfortunately, that means that he's close to Hebos, the half-giant, and the, as being two of the biggest things in the room, they are inevitably drawing attention to themselves. Is he close enough that, like, he could hear me if I talk to him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to, I wanna, like, look over at him and see if I can catch his eye. And be like, um, I, I'm sorry. I, I think we've met before. Your name is is Cassian, right? Cass. Uh, e e yeah, <clears throat> yes, yeah. 
he just seems like super like nervous and like trying to keep his head down but then he recognizes you and he's like oh my gosh eloise wait aren't you supposed to be a hufflepuff <laughs> uh yeah, kind of, kind of crazy to see me in Slytherin green, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to see another face that I recognize. I'm so glad you're in Slytherin. He sighs deeply and just, <sighs> God. Well, it's a relief to know that you're not the only one who's going to be disappointing their family. Wow. I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in Gryffindor. I. <sighs> uh, is Hebos able to hear this conversation? Just asking. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Um, so when he hears Cass say that, he's just gonna, I, mean, I imagine he's like taking a swig of pumpkin juice and he's just gonna yeah. kind of be like, kind of like snort into it. Oh, that really, that really pisses Eloise off. Yeah, Cass oh. immediately gets like super like red and like puts his head in his hands and looks like he's about to cry. Um, Eloise is gonna shoot a look at Heb, um, sort of glare at him for a second and then direct her attention back to Cass and say, well, I, for one, could not be more excited that you're in Slytherin with me. And who needs to be in Gryffindor anyway? I mean, they don't seem like they've got the strongest group of people this this uh, this school year. So I think you and I, I think we'll be great here. You know, bloom where you're planted, right? Yeah, Gryffindor doesn't really have any protagonists this year, so rough. <laughs> <laughs> We're in our Slytherin era right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, when, when Eloise says bloom where you're planted, Heb is going to just roll his eyes so dramatically. Eloise, Drama. did she notice that? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay, then she's going to keep talking to Cassian, but she's going to look directly at Heb as she says this. And she's going to say... Some people are going to try and make your journey here unnecessarily hard for no reason. Probably spite, because they're just unhappy with themselves. But it's more important to focus on your own personal growth than what those around you do. Ice in the veins. Anyway, Cass, I'll see you later. <laughs> Heb just stands up, like, kind of rocks the table a little bit and just, like, storms off. <laughs> Cassian kind of gives you, like a like, a small smile and is like, Thank you for that. Of course. I mean, that's what friends do. Let's cut over to the Hufflepuff table. Cody, where do you think you're sitting? Do you think you're closer to the... Uh, as far from the teachers as he probably can be. But um, he, I just like to, to say this whole time, he is like, Cody, much like his creator and player, is cursed with like horrible FOMO. And so the fact that like the first two people he met at Hogwarts or like in the same house together is just like horrible to him, but he's not trying not to show it. He's like the way he's acting when he sees like Hebos and Eloise, like at the table across the hall is like the way you act. Like when you see your ex in public, you know, like you like when they look, you like look away, like <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm trying to show you how okay I am kind of a uh, vibe. That's so funny because he has only known these people for like, <laughs> 48 hours 48 hours max <laughs> look when you're 11 you feel everything like 10 it's times true, more yeah. intense it's like yeah very or, intense yeah. or my bad he's 10 right now oh that's my bad i think i don't know what his birthday is but no yeah he's just like kind of uh you know keeping to himself like uh he's like he's tried to introduce himself to some various hufflepuffs but uh, i don't think any any have really stuck yet yeah, um, why don't you roll me a perception check with a 
17 perception. Uh, you notice that there is a young girl, seems to be around your age, very short, thin, with long, like, white platinum blonde hair, sitting closer to, like, the front where the professors are of the Hufflepuff table, and she is just staring at you. Just very kind of, like, not intensely, just in kind of, like, a, I don't know, thoughtful or dreamy way. Like, she's a little bit out of focus. She, like looks around and like waves to her she smiles and waves back <laughs> like uh like he like do they have trays at hogwarts or is it like no you, you just have like plates oh, okay comes up through the table it should say yeah. that like like how poisoned i've been by public school they're like we're at this fantasy magic school and i can't stop <laughs> imagining like cafeteria food at hogwarts. Those trays and the room just smells like steamed vegetables all the time yes yeah <laughs> oh, like a like God. a salisbury steak horrible <laughs> you go to put your tray into like a, a way at the end of the day and you walk into that sticky room where all the Ugh. trays are getting steamed. <laughs> Cody is is eating for breakfast like a Diet Coke, an Uncrustable, and Cheeto Puffs. Like. A thing of milk and a hamburger. <laughs> Awful. Um, Cody, the, uh, I guess, like, uh, I think Cody is just, like, the kind of friendly enough. Like, he'll, like, try and wave her over, like, pat the bench next to him. Yeah, I think she comes over and, and sits down and sort of looks at you quizzically and is like, you're not from around here, are you? Yeah, I'm not really from the magical world, I guess. Um, no, I, you're not from, like, Europe? Are you from the States across the pond? I don't mean to burst your bubble, ma'am, and I don't mean to be rude, but it's actually an ocean. But uh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs, like, a little bit too loudly. Cody, like, underneath the table is like... <sighs> Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, my name's Cody. My name's Penelope. You can call me Penny. Oh, nice to meet you, Penny. And with that, you have a lovely little conversation. It's it's that thing where, like, you're in elementary school, and you're mm-hmm. hanging out, and you have, like, one conversation, and then you're like, do you want to be best friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah. Cody, yeah, Cody says, like, uh, like, he, Cody's kind of on his phone, too, at breakfast. He says, have you ever played Fortnite? Fortnite? Oh, yeah. It's like, um, well, here, I'll show you. And, like, <laughs> shows up Penny how to play Fortnite. She is entranced. Yeah, you know, most people think you need to, like, drop at the edge of the map where there's not as many players and, like, work your way through. But I just like to drop tilted, you know? Like, that's, like, when <laughs> the really fun stuff is. I think that's, like, the winning strategy. And with that, we're going to fade away to... It's your first week of classes. So you discover as you go through the week, I'm going to say you discover that you, um, Hebos and Eloise, you have all of your classes together, of course, because you're in Slytherin together. You're both first years. Um, And on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, all of your classes are with Hufflepuff. So Cody is in your classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, he is not. You have different schedules so that you have a chance to get to be around other houses. I think in each of the classes he has with Eloise and Hebos, he like, um, you know, is sitting with Penny and he has like his backpack on like the table behind him, saving it for them. Oh, do you think either of you take it ever? No, I sit with Cass 
and Cass takes up a lot of space, so it's usually just the two of us. Hebo sits by himself on the opposite side of wherever Eloise and Cass sit. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> I wish everybody could see oh, Kellen's God. face. <laughs> the look of just like... Kellen's face is Cody's face right now. It's just, just like the saddest, most shocked expression. And Cody, and Cody can't like maintain his dignity and read the social cue. He's like, oh, hey, I saved this for you. Yeah, I think Eloise notices, but like subtly declines and picks somewhere else. I feel like Heb, no. <laughs> oh, Heb definitely just straight up ignores him. <laughs> oh, man. As so- and as soon as he gets rejected, Cody's just like, like much louder than like is natural, like to the rest of the class, like try and save face, just like, Man, I got so much stuff. I gotta put it on a whole other table to like organize it. Oh God! Pathetically, so puts his backpack so... underneath his table. Ooh, that hurts. That hits too close to home for this little <laughs> fucking. Oh my God, dweeb! It's so sad. Oh. Oh. You learn throughout the week of who sort of teaches what class. You know that. Uh, Professor Granger is not only the headmistress, but is also the transfiguration professor. You all have that class first, and then you move to lunch, and then you all have potions with Professor Gemma Farley, the deputy headmistress, um, who is also the head of Slytherin House. Then you have your evening time. The next day you have uh, Eloise and Hebos. In the morning you have Arithmancy with Professor Septima Vector. Professor Vector is quite ancient at this point, but she still maintains her passion for math. So uh, she explains that the course will delve into the sort of nitty gritty logistical applications of magic and of what makes magic magic. Not like those other hoity-toity courses, which just teach you to just feel the magic within or whatever they say. Feelings are not for me. (laughs) Yeah. And you know that uh, Transfiguration, uh, Professor Granger also talks about the importance and the danger of transformation magic and that the purpose of her class is to focus on that very specific kind of magic, which truly is able to both give, transform, and take away life. It is life magic. Uh, And that potions, she discusses like chemistry, uh, Professor Farley discusses chemistry, the beauty of mixology, how science is in and of itself a form of magic but that it needs a certain spark in order to truly work differently than any sort of non-magical brew. And then in the afternoon on Tuesday, uh, Heloise and Hebos have herbology, herbology with Professor Neville Longbottom. He introduces himself and discusses his own journey, how he became to be a professor of herbology. He also, he talks about the importance of plants, not only for the healing profession, but also for defense and attack purposes. Then he shows the class uh, a really cool looking plant and um, just sort of wows everybody on this like syllabus day. Neville really um, gets to 10 year old mindset. He's just like, like at the end of his lecture. Oh, he's like, absolutely. Yeah. He knows they didn't register a single fucking thing he said. So he's like, you want to Ex- see a cool plant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and while Eloise and Hebos are in herbology, Cody is in health and wellness with Professor Lee Jordan, who has replaced Madam Hooch as the health and wellness professor. So he explains the importance of understanding yourself and your body so that you may better utilize your magic, among other things, of course. He also talks about the importance of remaining abstinent until marriage. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, first <laughs> class. <laughs> um, no, he, he says that this course will help keep you fit, help you learn more about your body, and will cover basic broom work and other more physical spells and magics as well. Uh, the next day, you all have charms um, in the morning. So we are going to cut to charms with Professor Flitwick. This dude's still here? Can I just say, hearing that Hermione is teaching a class on top of being headmistress just further solidifies how much of a fucking bum Dumbledore was. That bitch didn't do anything. He was just the headmaster, sitting up there in his stupid office, petting his bird and eating lemon drops all day and grooming, you know, a 12-year-old boy for war. Man, fuck that guy. All, you, all, all double door know how to do is eat lemon drop, tell lies, <laughs> be bisexual, <laughs> charge they phone. All double door oh, did so was, true. like, sit in his office... Not tell people things he should tell them, and then fucking die. Anyway, Eloise, why don't you roll me a history check? I I got a ten. You with a ten, Eloise. Uh, talking, thinking about like Hermione and all of these things, you would actually know a little bit about because of your family lineage and everything. Um, the DC for this was just ten, so um, you just met that with your ten. So basically, you would know that before she was headmistress. She actually, she was the co-minister of magic for uh, a few years before deciding that she needed to get back into the classroom mm -hmm. um, and then was a professor and then became headmistress shortly after that. Um, but you would know that she also, like Dumbledore, had um, political experience before um, coming back to Hogwarts. Before I returning see. to the private sector. Just like how yeah. Umbridge also came straight from the government. They're all a bunch of phonies. <laughs> Definitely not the message I wanted you to take away from that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, so you all walk into Charms. Where do you all sit? What do you, what do you think? Same, same as usual? Does the same thing. He puts a backpack on like the but he can't even bear to look still like, on wednesday <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think because Cass is so big they have to sit in the back mm -hmm. but she doesn't need to sit in the back like she's not like heb like she 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 could sit anywhere but she's sitting in the back because of Cass. yeah she yeah. could just sit wherever she wants but like yeah like cody has his backpack on the back table but this time like before he was like watching the door like waving but this time he just like has his head buried in his hands like yeah, I think that uh, Penny really wanted you to sit in the front for this class because oh. she's heard all about Professor Flitwick and um, is like just very excited for Charms. Um, mm -hmm. He's he's a legend at this point. I mean, he's been there for forever. So you're all sitting in class. A very small um, halfling man walks in from the back door. He has very closely cropped white hair and a perfectly trimmed white mustache he's wearing little pince pince nay pince fucking how do you say that word pince nays pince -nay? i don't uh, know what you're i, I really don't have no idea what you're going for pince nays yeah pince nays because uh, it pinches pince your nose pince 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're a, it's a style of glasses that just like pinch your nose. They don't have yeah. um, pinces. Yeah. And he walks briskly up to, but it does still take a little while because he's quite small. Um, walks very briskly up to the room. And you can kind of see like his head from where you are. Um, Cass, Hebos, you can both see uh, all of him because you're looking down, but um, everybody else is just kind of sitting in their tables and then he's like walking by you and you just see like this little head. Um, <laughs> and then he <laughs> um, hops up onto a stool at the front of the room and he says, <clears throat> magic exists. It always has and it always will. It is in the atoms which make up the cells which make up everything and everyone. Each breath you take is filled with magic, as is every chirping of every bird. It simply is. Many animals possess and utilize magic, and the same goes for humanoid species, though our conscious minds make it rarer for us to be able to possess it, especially humans. But in some, it manifests on a level of power so great that it can no longer simply lay dormant in our breathing, our speaking, our laughing, our thinking. It springs forth and shows itself in unique new ways. Perhaps a gust of wind or a burst of flame. Or maybe something darker, a shadow surrounding you or suddenly becoming transparent. Everyone in this room has magic that cannot, that will not lay dormant. And so we learn to manifest it, to create something beautiful in the midst of our chaotic world. The purpose of my class is to help you begin to make sense of your magic in one of many practical ways, through the use of words, otherwise known as elocution. And he continues on and on about the nature of magic. Do all of the uh, Hogwarts professors have like introductory like um, PowerPoints that have like pictures of their families and like, you know, funny minion memes they found about teaching? <laughs> yeah. Um. Some of them are more technologically savvy than others. Some of them aren't as comfortable, especially like Professor Flitwick, because he has been around for a long time and like technology, uh, the the progression of technology in the magical world is very recent. So he's just like not competent uh. enough to deal with that. But he'll like, he like flashes little words and things in the air um, using like prestidigitation, just like, um, like this word means this and that word means that. And... Um, he doesn't really have pictures of like his family or anything because he's he lives alone. Um, and, oh no, I didn't. Um, you asked for this. <laughs> yeah, I know I did. Pandora's box, bitch. I made this bed and now I must lie in it. Exactly. Yeah. So that is your your lecture. Um, he uses a prestidigitation to uh, put up a picture of like the tall minion with two eyes going like, and it says that face when it's Monday. God. <laughs> or like one of the minions like making a disgusted face that says that face when your students don't turn in their homework on time. Just I think I think of all of the professors, Professor Granger is the one to probably uh, No do also, that. I'm oh. sorry, I have never in my life heard a minion described in any context as tall. <laughs> so just thought of that was You know so Kevin! Awful. Kevin's like this <laughs> Kevin's the tall one, Rachel! But he's not tall. He's a minion. He's taller so, so, in, in, by comparison. It's yes, subjective. He's not tall. He is the tallest of the, I don't know, just hearing a minion, just imagine a human-sized minion. He's tall for a minion. Hop off my fucking dick, okay? What is next? <laughs> 
Maybe that should be the button. After lunch, before you all head to Defense Against the Dark Arts, Cody, you see... Um, you're over by the... Uh, there's actually a, a, a Battle of Hogwarts memorial that is set up, sort of, like, when you're coming into the building, into Hogwarts, um, to go to, like, the Great Hall. And then there's, like, a separate corridor that's sort of an outdoor corridor that leads to Defense Against the Dark Arts. Um, and you, you were just in the Great Hall for lunch, and so you're headed towards... Defense Against the Dark Arts. As you pass by this um, Battle of Hogwarts Memorial, you see Eloise sort of out on the grass in between classes um, with a soccer ball, uh, as is what you would you would call it. Just sort of mindlessly kind of kicking it around. Um, first, I think he, uh, like seeing this memorial, like kind of like, not like fully registering it, but like kind of in the back of his head, starting to realize that there's like, <laughs> there's some real fucking history to this place. Uh, almost like seven books and eight movies worth of history, you know, to this place. Um, and two spinoffs and a play. <laughs> that, that nobody fucking likes. That's <laughs> two spinoff movies and a play that nobody likes. And it's a, not in a theme park. <laughs> And a theme park that everybody likes. Just so. Sorry to all the Fantastic Beast fans out there. I hope they don't stop listening to Sorry the to all you Beast heads. <laughs> Sorry to all two people looking forward to the secrets of Dumbledore. But <laughs> I think, and Cody also like under, like I think he was reading at lunch. He like checked out a book from the library that's like Quidditch 101. Uh, and he's been like reading that all week to like get ready for Friday. He sees Eloise uh, practicing soccer. Like, you know, tries to act as casual as possible. And, like, he waits till he gets, like, close enough to, like, call out to her. Mm. <laughs> so that she doesn't have a chance to, like, avoid him. Uh, I would like to note that Eloise does have her AirPods in. And she is absolutely blasting One Direction. So she doesn't hear <laughs> Cody and doesn't react. Good to know that One Direction is still going strong in the year 2025. Oh, yeah. Well, we all know that Harry Styles was an acclaimed Ravenclaw during his time at Hogwarts. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Also died really tragically in 2023, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which allowed Sign Niall- of the Times has a whole new meaning. <laughs> Which allowed Niall Horan to ascend to his rightful place as the top member of One Direction. Anyway, continuing. Uh, oh, my God. Um, yeah, fucking... Uh, Big piano fell on the guy. It was really sad. Uh, <laughs> right before he died, he popped out of it. He had like piano keys in his teeth. Yeah, it was actually crazy. Uh, Jason Sudeikis was there too for some reason, but nobody really knows. He was why. arrested. He was arrested. <laughs> okay, that's on enough. the scene. Um, yeah, as Cody, I guess Cody approaches and Eloise just hears like, <laughs> like <laughs> over my one direction. Yeah, she doesn't think anything of it because she's outside and it's like between passing periods right now. So she just keeps dribbling her ball, doing whatever. She's really zoned in right now. Which is also the song that's playing right now by One Direction. Oh my god. Nice. I think Cody's like going to politely like tap her shoulder. Eloise, not expecting it at all, like screams and turns around. Oh, hey, I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Please don't AirPods. scream again. That was that scared me. 
well, I I know scared I scared me. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, hi, uh, Colby. I'm sorry. What's your name? Cody. Like swallows back a sob. <laughs> Goes, uh, it's, it's Cody. Actually, Cody. Cody. You're, um, Cody. That's right. That's right. Uh, With the enchanting it's... accent, of course. Yes. Oh well, thank you. Um, Cody like pretends not to remember her name. Just like it's Eloise. Oh, Eloise, right? Yes, Eloise Ann Shorewell. That's me. Hey, how, how have you been? You know, like it's been a while, right? Well, I mean, we have, you know, three days of classes with each other every week. So my week has probably been about the same as yours has. I'm sure. Really? Yeah, that's wild. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not leaving your backpack out for me? I mean, I could if you want me to, you know, starting next week. I could. That's a thing I could start doing if you want me to, like, save a seat for you. Oh, I mean... I sit with my friend Cass I mean, in the back. So. Yeah, I got yeah, I got a lot of and stuff. I know you so like I gotta to put sit the backpack the on the back table. Yeah, I. Um, what can I help you with? Well, I was just um, you know, seeing how you were doing. How's um, uh, Slytherin been? It's been it's been great. You know, it's just somewhere I sleep right now. Really, how's Hufflepuff? Oh, great! It's the best. Love it. Tons of friends in there. Yeah, you and Hab are really missing out. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure. Yeah, uh, well, I was actually thinking about, you know, I'm trying to put myself out there, uh, really get involved with the student life, the campus life of Hogwarts. So I was thinking about going out for the uh, intramural um, uh, football team. Oh, do you, do you have a lot of experience playing it in the States? Well, you see, I wasn't really allowed to do team sports. Oh. And that was more um, uh, the little league in Talladega banned me because I cried too much. But uh, okay, <laughs> uh, I mean I played FIFA, so I think I got like a surface knowledge of the of the sport. I do enjoy FIFA. Doesn't beat Fortnite though, but FIFA's pretty good. Cody like full on like just stares. Do you play Fortnite? Oh yeah, all the time. Is it Holy me shit. you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few victory royales under my belt. I used to play. No fucking way! Holy all shit! The time oh my god! I, my I've been looking friends. all over. Nobody, Hufflepuff knows what it is. Like I'm having to teach them all. You know? Can I? Can I add you on Epic? Oh well, <laughs> I actually don't have my Switch here with me. My parents don't really like that I play Fortnite since it's not, you know, it's a magical pastime. So. But you should totally try out for football. I mean, it's intramural, so, you know, they kind of have to let anybody in. So you could learn a lot there, and then we could hang out. Um, and I'm sure oh I could God. teach you a few things. Yeah, I'll be, you know what? I'll be down for that. Um, at, do I see Heb at all? Like, is Heb anywhere nearby? I think at this point he's probably walking to class, yeah. Heb in a library? <laughs> no, he's not in the library. He's on his way to, to Defense Against the Dark Arts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, like, wave at him, try to get him to notice me. Yeah, Heb will kind of look over and, like, stop, but, like, kind of awkwardly. So, like, he kind of trips a little bit, oh. and he just looks over, and he's like, uh, uh, what? Yeah, Eloise is going to say, uh, who are you waving at? Oh, I was, um, you know, my, uh, we go way back, uh, you know, Hebos. Uh, yes, Hebos Remington. He is something else. You all three head to Defense Against the Dark Arts. 
Uh, you know from your sheet that Professor Teddy Lupin is the one who is teaching this course. Um, so you all take your seats, I'm assuming pretty similar to the last class. Um, most of you in the back, Cody and Penny in the front. Um, it is like just absolute like torture for Cody to constantly be at the front of the class. But like I think I'm in between classes, like I'm ha- I'm asking her to like give me the lowdown because she seems to know more about the professors, you know, than I do. Yeah, she's like, um, Professor Lupin is is really really quite something special. He's the youngest professor here. He only spent a few years out and about after his time at Hogwarts, and now he's back, so he's not um not not very old yet. Um, but he's so knowledgeable. He has so much knowledge about magic and how it works. So I'm very excited for this class. We have to sit in the front. Uh, anything for you, Penny. <laughs> uh, so you you sit and the bell rings for the beginning of class. And like five minutes pass. Eventually the like chatter dies down and you're just kind of waiting for the professor to come in. I hate to interrupt, but Cody is absolutely the kid who says, you know, if he doesn't show up in 10 more minutes, legally we get to leave. Yeah, and then 10 minutes pass and he's still not there. And right at around the 15 minute mark, I think probably Cody is like starting to pack up his bag to leave. And Lupin just like uh, goes, you, you. It seems that there, his office seems to be, like, off of the classroom, and so he's able to enter in through some sort of front door, and he just, like, was- walks briskly in, and you see a young man um, with uh, darker skin and brown, like, super tussled bedhead, uh, kind of, like, wavy-ish. His tie isn't even, is, like, pretty loose. It's it's on, but it's it's tied, it's, but it's pretty loose. His robes are a little disheveled and he walks in with his battered briefcase and puts his briefcase on his desk and then hops up onto a stool and sits and just looks around the room for a moment and then says, The term dark arts is a bit problematic in nature as it it implies that to be dark is to be evil. That's simply not always the case. Unfortunately, I uh, have not been able to petition the school to change the name of the class because we love to stick to tradition here. So for right now, it remains defense against the dark arts. He goes on to just uh, uh, explain the importance of studying and appreciating this art and not just the defense against it. And then you have um, a practical lesson. He tells everybody, he says, <clears throat> all right, everybody up, please. And you all stand up and he, uh, with a quick burst of magic, all of the desks or the, the tables that you were sitting at and the chairs all fly to the side of the room. And um, he snaps his fingers and cushions appear all over the floor, enough for everybody to sit down and have their own cushion. And he says, I want you all to sit down with your legs crossed or your legs in front of you, whatever is the most comfortable for you. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about the first time you experienced 
your magic that you can remember. Think about the feelings that were associated with that. Think about what was happening in that moment, what behaviors were happening that caused your magic to come to the surface. What do each of you think about in this moment? Eloise is thinking about that day where she um, didn't get to do field day with her friends and how she got chastised for by her parents um, for even suggesting doing a non-magical event instead of a magical one and how she felt like she wanted to disappear and then she did um, and it was one of her lowest moments but it was one of her parents proudest damn um, Hebos calls to mind probably the first time that he was like walking through his town and like heard the the whispers of of people's thoughts um centered around him of course because he's a small child how it kind of just made him super angry and like maybe like the like the wind like picked up like super fast like throughout the street or something and like blew a bunch Mm -hmm. of papers and stuff out of people's hands uh this is like the first time we used our magic right that's the or like yeah first time that it like came to the surface this is a little complicated because the first time Cody isn't aware of the first time he used magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't say that. But so to him, as far as he's aware, the first time he used magic is when his uh, hand grew uh, like three times its normal size that day in the hallway. Do you think yeah. he might realize in retrospect the first time that he used magic? I don't know. Maybe one day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the story. Oh, Jesus. They're going to pull um, that shit out of you in a pensive. <laughs> pensive be like, backstory, go burr. <laughs> Literally. Amazing. So he... <laughs> Lupin leads you through this guided meditation sort of practice and then... Um, the bell rings and he says, all right, by next week, uh, your first homework assignment, I would like you to write a bit about what your magic feels like. What does magic mean to you? Uh, there's no word count limit or minimum or maximum or whatever, just whatever you can write, whatever feels right to you, um, and dismisses you all to go to your next class. So, Hebos, you you go into the Slytherin common room and then up to your dorm. You would have flop on your bed after class, so you've had a hard day, and you land right on a big piece of parchment letter. And when you sit up, you see that it is from Hagrid. Hmm. I think Hebos takes a second to decide whether or not to like even bother opening the letter, but finally curiosity just gets the best of him and he rips it open. The letter is written just like hastily and and not great, not the greatest handwriting, just uh, inviting you over for tea at some point this weekend. And it dawns on you that technically the weekend is now, so. Hebos thinks for a second and then stands up and... I think he probably, like, looks down at Cat, kind of shrugs and says, Well, what do you think? Yeah, I guess you're right. Off to Hagrid's then? 
Yeah, uh, Kat just looks up at you, kind of bored looking, and just says, Fine, you don't have to come, but I'm going. And he heads out towards Hagrid's hut, Kat falling behind him, obviously. (laughs) So you head down to Hagrid's hut, you knock on the door, and there's like some crashing. The door opens, and you look down, and you see uh, a professor that you've that you has you saw sitting at the professor's table, but you haven't had her at all. This kind of short-ish, in her 30s, around Professor Granger's age, blonde, platinum blonde woman. And she's like, oh, you must be Mr. Remington, is that right? Let me go and get Hagrid. Why don't you just, you can come in. Uh, I'm Professor Lovegood, I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. And she immediately leaves. Um, I think Hebos was probably not expecting that at all, and it's just bright red staring at where this gorgeous woman just was, and then slowly starts to walk inside. <laughs> Hagrid, a moment later, walks in through the front door. I'm assuming you went and you're just kind of standing awkwardly in the living room, and he's like, All right then, Mr. Remington, it's good to see ya. Uh, have a seat, have a seat. And he like bustles about in the kitchen and is like grabbing um, like some rock cakes out of the oven and is like pouring a cuppa and uh, comes over to you and is like, how's the first week going? Pretty good, eh? Hebos isn't really sure how to answer this, I don't think. Like he's not really accustomed to talking this much or like expressing his emotions. So I think after a few seconds, he's just sort of like, some girl told me to bring Kat to you. She said he's got fleas, ticks, fleas, I don't know, something like that. He's not even my cat. Some girl, eh? Well, let's have a look here. And he picks picks up Kat. Kat immediately just like melts in Hagrid's arms. Oh, Heb is so mad. He's so jealous. You have, yeah, you've like never seen him do that to anyone before. Cat is just like, like just immediately just um, traitor. <laughs> and Hagrid sort of like looks through his fur and is like, I don't see any. Doesn't appear to be any fleas here. Um, just kind of dry, itchy skin. It looks like looks like he's been outside a bit, a bit much, and needs just a little extra TLC. And he goes and gets like some um some like oil from one of his like cabinets and is like just put a few droplets of this on and uh he'll be right as rain. Now, about your week. How is your first week at Hogwarts, mate? Hebos is kind of quiet for a few seconds. Um then he just kinda grumbles fine, I guess. I don't know. Well, you said you Met a girl, right? Are you friends? Met is one way to put it, I suppose. And I wouldn't call us friends. I don't think she's feeling very friendly towards me. Well, what more happened? I dunno. Didn't seem to like Cat very much. Told me he looked mangy to come see you about getting him treated. I don't think she likes me. <laughs> oh, but it, it sounds like she was just a bit worried about you is all. You should be nicer to people if you want to make friends here at Hogwarts. I don't need friends. I never had friends at home. I was always alone. I'm just fine being alone now, too. And I especially don't need to be friends with the likes of her. (laughs) Let me ask you something, Heb. 
before, before you came to Hogwarts, and you you said you were alone, you didn't have any friends, and you were fine with that. Were you happy? Abos kind of grunts and shrugs. He doesn't really know. Well, I'll tell you this. When I was around your age, I thought something similar to you. And then I met people. I got some friends. And the best thing about my time here at Hogwarts is the people that I met along the way. Remember that, alright? I guess I could try being nicer to people. That's a good lad! And he pats you on the back and um, sort of sends you on your way with a few rock cakes back up to the castle. Um, and as you're walking back up, Cat following reluctantly behind you, not wanting to leave Hagrid's, you run into, wouldn't you know it, Eloise Ann Shorewell, who is, I'm, ass- I'm assuming on your way to the football pitch yeah. for intramural tryouts. Yeah. So you see her walking. You don't like run into her. You just, you see her walking. Hebos kind of stops and stares like for a moment. Um, he looks down at Cat, then back up at Eloise, and he yells, Hey! But it's like, not it's not in a nice way. He isn't like trying to be rude or anything. He just doesn't really know how to control the tone of his voice, so it comes out kind of aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Eloise is going to stop walking and look over and see that it's him, and just be like, Yes, Heb? Is, is there something you want? Oof, uh... <laughs> I think Hebos kind of looks down at Cat again, then back up at Eloise. Then after a few seconds, is like, I um went to Hagrid's. I took Cat. No fleas, ticks, wh- whatever. Just itchy skin. He's all better now. Oh, you you took my advice from a couple days ago. Yeah, he's fine. So yeah, I guess. Thanks. Hebos kind of shovels his, shuffles his feet, like, kicking up dirt and stuff for a second and says, I, um, I wanted to, I guess, say sorry for a few days ago with Cassian. Do you know where I can find him? Hmm. And which part are you apologizing for? Because I seem to remember you doing a few things that were, uh, pretty rude. Ice water in the veins. Uh, oh man. Hebos is like, um, I guess... All of it, I'm not... I don't talk to people a lot. Sometimes, I don't know. Do you know where Cassian is? I'm not sure. He's probably in the common room. But I will say, it's not a great way of going about making friends. I guess I'm not that good at making friends. (laughs) Well, there's an American in Hufflepuff who will become friends with pretty much anything that moves, so... Hebos kind of cracks a little bit of a smile uh, at this and says, um, thanks. Don't mention it. And, uh, Eloise is gonna keep walking to the pitch. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) They do not fuck with each other at all. Yeah, so, Hebos, you continue walking up to the castle and, uh, why don't you and Cody both give me just straight-up D20 rolls? Pebbles from downtown! <laughs> you gotta- you gotta- From downtown, A4. Bad <laughs> luck, you're jinxing yourself. I got a 10. Oh, God. With those- with that 10 and the 4, 
Hebos, you absolutely are so lost in thought, not knowing, uh, not really paying attention to where you're going. And once again, just like back in the, back in Diagonally, you just feel a body hit you full force. Uh, and you look down and you see Cody. Cody, you feel once again as though you have run into a brick wall. Cody um, goes, ow! Ow! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Uh, just to give a give a a, 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 a real quick flashback, uh, what Cody's been doing. Um, Rowan, do you have what's the list of extracurriculars? Where did you send that? It was a while ago, but it's basically you have Quidditch, intramural football, and rugby. You have choir, band, herbology club, and dueling club. Okay, yeah, there's Quidditch, intramural football, intramural rugby, choir, band, herbology club. Um. And the dueling club. And dueling. Uh, yep. Cody is going out for as many of these clubs as he possibly can. That's like what his Friday looks like. Like phenomenal. He yeah. Like, so during all of this time, where Hebos has been with Hagrid and Eloise has been making her way to the pitch for the uh, football tryouts, you have been inside the building making the rounds through all of the the call out things that are inside. So you go to Professor Flitwick's classroom uh for the choir auditions as well as the dueling club call out meeting uh like he's uh, cody's like kind of like in this weird like he's kind of like dressed for like a sports like tryout but like he's here like mm-hmm. asking about doing club and like auditioning for the choir uh yeah but C- uh, cody is like a little like in- not embarrassed but he's a little shy about the choir part sure um so professor flitwick is like you're interested in both that sounds lovely uh, why don't you go ahead and give me just a uh, sing a little song for me, whatever song comes to mind. Oh, and why what? don't you, Cody, give me a performance check? Uh, while I do this, Cody's like, wait, I have to sing? Well, well, yes, that's what choir is all about. I just want to oh. know uh, what your voice sounds like so that I can place you properly. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I got 16. <laughs> With a 16, uh, you sing quite beautifully. You have Cody. Like a... Like a boy soprano kind of voice. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do it, but Cody's like, well, uh, there's this like singer my Aunt Maggie really likes. And like, you know, she always plays a CD whenever we come home from church. Um, I don't know if y'all have that in Britain. Um, wait, I didn't mean to ask. Flitwick call- just, just gives you a look. <laughs> and it's like, it, you can roll insight on it, but like you're you're not quite sure exactly what it means. Uh, let's see. I'll roll a d20 minus one. Yeah. A seven. Uh, with a seven, you're not really sure what it means. Yeah, it's Cody just, just like a look that you can't read. Yeah, Cody just goes on, just like yeah. Normally, church is pretty boring, but I like hanging out with Aunt Maggie, and uh, you know, she listens. There's this song. It's called "You Raise Me Up." It's by Josh Groban. Are there <laughs> it's like other by people Josh here? Groban? Yeah, you raise me up. It's Josh Groban. No, there's nobody here yet. You got here early because you're trying to try out for all of these things. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's it's just you in there for right now. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Cody sings a little bit of um. Cody sings it like you raise me up, <laughs> <laughs> but it's in this beautiful. It's just you raise me up. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I can stand on mountains. It's funny that Kellen sang a little bit of you raise me up. And Rowan immediately followed it up with, but Cody sings it well. 
god. Um, That's not what I fucking anyway. meant. I meant he sings it in a soprano voice, which is different, and Kellen does not do that, which is okay. God, okay. I am coming for Kellen. This is my fantasy character. He can be good at singing. Um it's like the it's like the vibe of like at like a talent show, like when a little kid goes up, just like it's very adorable and endearing, and it sounds lovely. And he's like, "Oh, wonderful! I'm so excited to have you in the choir with us." Oh, and that's great! You, uh, yeah, you like rush off to your next extracurricular tryout. Uh, you know, uh, try out for what would be next? Um... You would have uh, herbology. You could run by Professor Longbottom's office, or if you're not interested in that, you could go. I think like um, football and rugby. Rugby is definitely more appealing to cody but eloise is doing intramural football and like so he's going to gravitate towards that and so he has to choose between those two it's going to be football both like the other like for the band uh and for herbology i think he like writes notes to the teachers like hey i'm interested in this but i can't make it to the call out meeting great um and yeah as somebody who has done that before yeah (laughs) it's very relatable yeah, so uh, Cody, uh, I think, runs into Heb on his way as he's, like, going to the, the football uh, tryout. Sure, yeah. Um, so you're on your way to the football tryout, uh, and then right after that will be Quidditch tryouts, so two mm-hmm. hours of just athletics. You oh, yeah. run straight into Hebos, and that is where we are now. Hebos, <laughs> you've just been rammed into by Cody once more. But this time it was it was more your fault than Cody's. <laughs> oh, Hey, um, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, I didn't even feel it. But, um, Heb, sir, we got a saying where I'm from. And I'm going to say it, and I'm going to use that saying now. You are built like a brick shithouse. Have you, like, thought about going out for Quidditch? I don't, I don't think they would have a broom big enough for me. <laughs> nah, man, come on. I mean, look, they got, they got to have big enough brooms like that and if not like i'll you could just have two brooms and like duct tape them together and then it's like one big broom habos is gonna crack a bit of a smile at this and be like <laughs> i'm not sure that's how it no works. look man I, it's gonna be you you got it buddy all right it's gonna be like i don't even know what the sport is like i'm only kind of sure i know how to play it but like i know it's fun i think habos cocks his head to the side and says why why do you care so much about whether I try out or not? Well, you know, I mean, th- I mean, this stuff's fun on its own, but it's only fun if you got people to do it with, right? <laughs> he kind of he kind of smiles at this and he says, "Hmm. Well, when are the tryouts?" Uh like in an hour in, in, or something, like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> and I just realized that like you know, we would be on opposite teams. I think, I don't think it's like intramural. I think it's, it's, it's like, you know, there's team Slytherin, team Hufflepuff. And what I'm saying is there's some like real, like string beans, you know, in team Slytherin. So I need some like competition, right? So at the mention of competition, <laughs> Hebos grins wickedly. And he looks over pointedly at Cody and says, well, I am definitely in now. Yes, yes. All right, I'll see you there. I got to go try out for soccer. I mean, football. Amazing. Hebos looks back down at Cat and is like, well, looks like we're going out for Quidditch. Cat 
doesn't even look at you, is just sort of like walking beside you and just goes, meow. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Go back to Hagrid's traitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Cody and Eloise, why don't you both give me some athletics checks? Mm-hmm. Let's see how you do with, um, with and, and Eloise, since you have been doing this for a while, why don't you give me athletics with advantage? Um, Cody's sort of at the same level as everybody else. Ooh, good thing you have advantage with that, that one. <laughs> 17. Awesome, Eloise. Um, Cody, also pretty well. Um, I got 12. Well, I got 12. you both are able to make it. Eloise definitely, I think, shows off a bit. Not like on purpose, because it's not like something that she does. It's just that's how she is, and she just is good at it. And so she's like, Showing off a little bit. Um, Cass actually is also there. Um, and he surprisingly makes the team as well. He's pretty, He's got pretty four good legs. with his hooves. <laughs> He's pretty good with his hooves. He doesn't, like, kick it too hard. He doesn't, like, blow up the ball. There's nothing like that. Like, he, he does a pretty good job. He doesn't blow up He's able the to... ball. <laughs> well, I don't mean to sound like that guy, but is this really fair? I don't want to be that. <laughs> he does have four legs. <laughs> Listen, it's intramural, Okay. I got 12. I think Cody is like, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of finesse, but you know, like he's kind of kicking the ball as hard as he can, but he's got the hustle. He's got the hustle. He's got the energy to be just like running back and forth on the pitch, which is really all you need, at least at this age. And uh, you know that um, uh, Ginny Dursley actually is the, um, the like captain for the intramural football team. So she's, she's like all about it. She is like, happy to have you on the team and tells you when practices are. And then she clears the way for the, um, the, the different, the team captains are all around for the Quidditch tryouts. Um, but Lee Jordan sort of like hosts them. So Eloise, I'm assuming you're not staying for the Quidditch tryouts. No, you haven't mentioned any just, sort of interest. Just okay. football. That's it. So as soon as she's done with football, Wipes her hands. She knows she did a good job. And it's going to put a little bit of a bounce in her step that she doesn't usually have. Uh, and she's going to yeah. go back to the uh, to the Slytherin common room and hang out with Parfait. Great. Cody. Um, I think Cody, like, as he's, like, they're finishing up soccer, he, like, makes a big show, like, wipes his sweat. And he's like, you know, I actually got a quidditch shrouds in a bit if you wanted to walk. And, like, Eloise is already, uh-huh. like, halfway. Bye, <laughs> Gone. <laughs> like... Listening to One Direction, he's just like, ah, yeah, okay. Yep. So, Hebos, you come down to the field as well for Quidditch. Uh, Cody and Hebos, why don't you give me some athletics checks yourselves? Hebos, you see that there are um, brooms big enough for uh, you. 13 for Cody, 14 for Hebos. Even with a 13, uh, a 13 and a 14, you're able to... So, you do drills off of the brooms, Um first because not everybody knows has learned how to fly a broom um and so you do some drills just to sort of get an idea of like your athleticism your endurance your strength all of that sort of thing uh and your ability to like listen to direction and be a team player 
Um, all of these very important team sport type of things. And then they walk you through some very basic broom work um, and then get you up in the air for a little bit. And yeah, I, I you, Hebos, you, you actually find a really, uh, uh, it's not like nice, nice, but it's a pretty nice for like a school broom. It's, it's big enough for you. Um, it is very, um, it's nothing like, like, the very sleek sort of brooms that some of the, like, richer kids have, right? It is very much, like, knotted. It may, it reminds you of the Whopping Willow a little bit. Like, it looks like a, a tree. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, you both make your teams. Hebos, um, so Ginny has just come from football, uh, tryouts, and so she's a bit sweaty as well, but she's still running the or helping look over and, and she she talks to you, Hebos, and is like, You look fantastic out there. Um and you're you're built quite big if you don't mind me saying. So uh, we would love to have you on the team as a beta. Um means you're gonna be hitting a lot of things with with the bat, if that's alright with you. Maybe won't start at first, but I'm not sure. We'll we'll talk about that after some some practice. Hebos is not used to being complimented like this. So he sort of takes a second before being like, uh, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Yeah. Cody, um, Oliver Wood Jr. walks up to you and is like, Oi, mate, not a bad job for a first, uh, first time on a broom, eh? Uh, I might need to do a little extra training with you just to walk you through the rules of Quidditch a little bit more. But you are a spry young lad. And you've yes. got the eye of an eagle, so I'm very interested to I see have an eagle, how holy you shit, would, yeah. uh, interested to see how you'll do as a chaser on our team. Maybe again, not starting, but we'll see after some practice. What what do you think? Cody is like vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at <laughs> he, he said he like smiles and he says, I'll see you at practice, coach. And then like f- tries to fly away. Oh my gosh. Uh, give me an athletics check. <laughs> uh, this is a straight D20. <laughs> three. <laughs> oh, with a three. <laughs> you immediately fall off of the broom and the broom just flies off. <laughs> Absolutely. I, Cody it. jumps back up and he's like, I, I did that. I'm going to get better. All right. That's, that, that's where we're starting at. He's just laughing. And Cody... Uh, excitedly runs back to um, the Hufflepuff house. Yeah, you see uh, Penny's actually waiting there. She wasn't really interested in any of the sports. She is going to be in choir as well as uh, dueling club and herbology club. I'm doing it all. I'll see you there. Yeah, she she's waiting for you in the common room and she's like, how do tryouts go? Ah, you know what? Made the team. Oh my goodness, that's so Awesome. I thought about doing a fake out. I don't know if you heard me hesitate. I thought about doing a fake out, but I figured that'd be mean. <laughs> a fake out? Yeah, it's like uh, when you tell a lie to trick someone because it's funny. It sounds mean when I like explain it. So, what? Oh yeah, I don't really like telling lies. <laughs> me neither. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Unless it's for a prank, then I suppose it's okay. Is that what you're talking about? Doing a prank? Cody, like, sits at the chair, like, lowers himself into the chair across from her and, like, kicks up his, like, legs on the table and goes, you know something, Penny? I think I'm going to lock it here. And that is where we will end our session.
This has been episode two of Roleplay Campus Life, part of year one in the Spark of Atama, an all-new original adventure set in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Roleplay is DM by Rowan O'Connor and features Andrew Lynn as Hebos Remington, Rachel Johnson as Eloise Ann Shorewell, and myself, Kellen Kermeens, as Cody Calloway. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at RoleplayPod to get updates and other bits about the show. Thank you so much for listening to these first two episodes. If you've enjoyed them, please leave a positive review. Or if you know someone who you think would also enjoy it, recommend it to them, share it with them. Uh, it's a little, but it goes a long way in helping us grow in this early stage of the show's life. Thanks again for listening. Our next episode will be released on Friday, October 22nd. Until then, remember, trans rights are human rights and J.K. Rowling can eat shit. Take care and we'll see y'all on the 22nd. Stop the recording, did you? And Gonzo has a dick nose. No, he doesn't. (laughs)